welcome to our podcast. Today we are going to talk about the history of youth work. And we have invited today two guests. Um, we have Howard Williamson here, who is a youth worker and also a professor of uh, European Youth Policy at University of South Wales. And we also have uh, Jan van Hey, who, uh, who works uh, on European and international youth policy in the division Knowledge and Policy at the Department of Culture, Youth and Media in the Flemish community of Belgium. Welcome, both of you. We are going to talk about history of youth work, which is quite a very big topic, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it. So I would like to start to with asking you about your reflection, your impressions about your involvement in the project on the history of youth work in Europe, because you both contributed vastly uh, to the project, uh, which in the end, what we also mentioned in our course, resulted with a seven-volume series on the history of youth work in, in Europe. I would like to ask you, why did you both embark on this journey? What was your motivation? Maybe, Howard, you can start? Well, it, it it already started with Philip Cousset, who's been the co-editor of all the volumes all the way through with, with other people. And Philip did his PhD on the history of youth work in Flanders. And he happened to go to a UK conference in the north of England, which had been doing the history of youth work in the UK, in England primarily, for many, many years. It published quite a number of volumes, about five volumes And he came back rather inspired by that. He um, defended his thesis at the University of Ghent, and Jan attended that. So Jan and Philip were connected through that. I knew Philip through the Young Researchers Seminars in Budapest, and Jan knew Hanyo very well, so engaged the partnership. It was uh, The idea, I think, was probably, uh, and Jan can confirm this, uh, something to do with the conversation between Jan and Philip and Jan and Hanyo. I certainly sat in a bar with Philip in Strasbourg and Philip was telling me about this and I said if you want some help I, I'd love to be part of it and so we had a couple of seminars in Blankenberg and a third um, in, um, in, in Ghent um, connected to the European Youth Work Convention the first one in 2010 and you know every time we had a small seminar we realized that there were many other issues either different country stories or other kinds of themes that needed further exploration and attention if we were going to understand your contemporary youth work. So it just grew from there, really. Mm -hmm. Jan? <clears throat> My uh, entrance, um, I'm also an, um, a youth worker, uh, um, especially a, a long-standing uh, period as, as a volunteer in the greatest youth movement in my country also, and I became um, later than an, a secretary general. but. What youth work is very well um, developed in Flanders, Belgium, but also in the other two communities. And what I have seen in uh, recent years that uh, several, uh, especially youth movements and youth organizations, celebrated their 50, 75, 80 anniversary um, with a uh, variety of uh, activities. And uh, alongside efforts also to safeguard their uh, heritage, especially on the local level. I, I saw they are organizing exhibitions and they explore their archives to uh, 
present the origin and history of their own uh, organization. And that um, fascinated me. Myself, I um, um, made a uh, book of my own uh, local uh, youth organization on the um, celebration of 35 years. And that was uh, um, in 81, so in 1981. And that was a um, huge celebration, a huge work also to document that book and um, it had uh, a huge recognition and a huge response even from the Minister of Culture and uh, the Office of the Prime Minister in that time of uh, of Belgium also. I was always interested in in, um, in in history even I'm, I'm educated as a social uh, worker and um, because Philippe Cousset belongs to the same youth movement as myself, I was triggered also um, by the fact he was defending his PhD uh, at the University of, of Kent. And the one strong part was the history of uh, youth work in, uh, in Europe um, with amazing links uh, and parallels with um, uh, similar developments in countries like UK, uh, like Germany and others. Mm-hmm. And that was for me the entrance because in, in that time I was already active, it's, it was 99, uh, for my country in the EU and in the multilateral uh, uh, representation. So that triggers me to do something with that, especially um, in the upcoming uh, presidency that we organized and that I coordinated the second time um, in 2010. Um, so, um, and also, just to, to end, there are a lot of uh, students making their masterpiece um, linked with the youth activity, youth organization, and all those things, and some professors at the University of Leuven and Ghent and even Brussels were interested in that also. I was not seeing that at the European level. And um, I was worried why uh, the EU and the Council of Europe were not directly interested in those histories because it's all about having um, a better knowledge and understanding about young people also active in their uh, youth movements and and organizations mm-hmm. that um, yeah, but it's uh, in line with what uh, Howard also is uh, telling, and it's all by coincidence that we uh, or or not that we put forward um, that amazing uh, huge work of seven volumes. Yeah, it's really amazing, uh, really impressive, also. Uh, to go through to 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 read it uh, sometimes it's quite difficult as well it's uh, but uh, and it it really needs time and, and attention to really dwell into into what what is there in this in this book so it's actually repeated several times in the volumes and uh, also when you look at the existing definitions uh, of or descriptions i would say even of of, of youth work 
which is highlighting its, its diversity, the diversity in form, diversity of, of people that it reaches, uh, diversity of the methods, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, so taking into account this diversity in its different aspects, when researching the history of youth work, when reflecting on the history of youth work in Europe, because this was what the project was about, but also we can think about about the global aspect or what kind of questions are we actually looking for? What do we actually mean by the history of, of youth work? What is it? I think as a responsible today for giving form and content to youth work and, and policy and also how to support youth work, you cannot uh, avoid the following questions like what is youth work? What is a policy and supporting youth work in all levels? What do we know today? And what are we using for today's developments? And I think the um, spirit was also that we were doing that with practitioners, researchers, volunteers, paid youth workers, uh, representatives of youth NGOs and, and all those things. And... Um, you are right, and eh? so uh, there are many histories we discovered of youth work in Europe. Mm -hmm. There is a kind of uh, recent history of European um, youth work, eh? and that is characterized, like you said, by um, diversity, but also by uh, tension and development. So it's, it's just in the beginning. Even the work is huge. They are all small pieces of a puzzle. And, and the seven volumes are an invitation, in my view, to go further with it at the local level, at uh, the national level, at the European level. Sometimes during the whole uh, setting of the scene and, and the whole period, uh, we met people who are afraid to invest in history of youth work. And I think it's always good to know the origin and uh, the sources uh, from where we are coming, what which mistakes we, we made, what can we learn from it? But the, the, the questions, in my understanding, are, are very basic. What is youth work? And when you are looking to the third volume, and in the uh, introduction, you will read, and that perhaps you have to quote that, you the conclusions of the third conference, uh, because... In my understanding, that gives a very good uh, summary uh, of what we have um, in the core of, of the whole approach and development of, of the project of history and youth work in Europe. Thank you. We provided a lot of references to different volumes because I think in different moments of our course, a, a lot of things from these seven volumes are, are relevant. Howard, what, what answers, what questions are we looking for when we research youth work history? Well, I think Jan's given a very uh, <coughs> very detailed and uh, <coughs> profound set of observations. But I think, you know, when we, when we had the first two seminars in Blankenberg, we were primarily focused on, you know, what's the story from a particular European country? And we had people coming on giving country stories. And what became very clear very quickly was that those country stories were so different. They were different in terms of, uh, you know, was youth work about spaces for young people? Was it about 
you know, uh, taking young people forward in their lives? Was it about regulation? Was it about emancipation? Was it about social work? Was it about education? Um, and it became very clear, certainly by the third and fourth seminars, that you had this phenomenal diversity, of course, which was celebrated at the first European Youth Work Convention. And I think it's very important for people uh, thinking about the evolution of the youth sector in Europe to make the links between the history project and the conventions mm-hmm. because um, you know some of the same people were at the heart of that and the third history conference was actually held in the first part of a week and the second part of that week was the first European Youth Work Convention. So they were very closely linked. And even in the first volume, Philip particularly was writing about the tensions and paradoxes in youth work that it was very contradictory in many ways. It wasn't clear cut like supposedly social work might be or education or youth justice work. So what on earth was youth work? And people looking at the first volume will see we had this triangle of we had the transit zone and we had the forum and we had and 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 actually that stayed with us all the way through to the very end to the end of volume 7 where we were still talking about um youth work being about creating and defending spaces for young people for their own mm-hmm. development their own autonomy but also helping young people to move forward in their lives the kind of bridges that came out of the second european youth work convention and uh, that's very important but it's of course a tension because Youth work isn't about solving crime or yeah. getting kids' educational qualifications, yeah. but it contributes to those sorts of things as well as participation and voice and other things. And if we assume that youth work is almost anything that is work with young people, then we lose the kind of specialness and specificity of what youth work is rather than it being social work or education. And the final point here is, which is why right at the end, we come up with this concept of trilemmas, because mm-hmm. youth work invariably has to navigate within tension triangles, tensions mm-hmm. between, is it about learning or is it about therapy? Is it about regulation or is it about emancipation or something else? Is it about responding to the policies, agendas for young people, or is it about y- what young people want? Or is it indeed about what youth workers want to do with, for young people in different kinds of uh, contexts, buildings, up the hills, on the street, or whatever? So there's there's a whole host of questions that need to be asked about what is it, who should do it, what kind of training and skills do they need, what kind of connection should they be making with other agencies that are working with young people, like the police or like schools. Um, it can go on and on and on, but you have to draw boundaries at some point. And really the question for youth work is, what kind of boundaries do you want to draw where and how will that promote recognition and credibility of youth work within the context of a wider professional practice with young people? Thank you for mentioning 12 Trimimas. I think it's a very important reflection and summary of lessons learned actually from the project. And we also referenced it in our course and suggested for participants to read, because I think this can be very mm-hmm. much eye-opening for a lot of people, especially what you said, Howard, about that. Uh, yeah, sometimes we tend to think that youth work is about everything, or we maybe put too many expectations. Sometimes these expectations may be very institutionalized. And 
I'm wondering if it's possible to identify certain milestones in the history of youth work in Europe, something that really influenced youth work uh, that we know nowadays. Well, I'm sure Jan can answer that. I'll just say very briefly that 20 years ago, you know, the concept of youth work was hardly mentioned in Europe. And if it was mentioned, it tended to be either the European programs, the, what are now the Erasmus Plus programs, the Youth for Europe programs at the time, or they were the kind of you know um, human rights kind of courses and peace and conflict resolution stuff that was being uh, promoted and supported by the Council of Europe. But it wasn't really called youth work. Nobody was really talking about youth work as a concept because in most countries it's a concept that doesn't exist uh, so there's, there's not even the words for it in the native languages uh, so it uh, you you ask about stepping stones or milestones it's it's a new phenomenon in europe and jan very rightly talked about the need to uh, think about youth work at european levels and at national levels because it's it's often very different You know, just one anecdote was that I was once um, somewhere in Europe where a colleague said they don't do any youth work here uh, because that colleague felt that youth work was about human rights education and peace and conflict resolution. And I said, no, they do loads of youth work here because they had a lot of club-based youth work, which I recognized as following in a particular kind of British tradition. So we've got lots of different kinds of youth work. And one of the things the History Project did by bringing different people together was it made us aware of that massive diversity of things that people put under the banner of youth work. And one of our challenges was first to understand those different interpretations of youth work. And the second thing was to work out whether we could harness it, bring it together and have a, a, a more common kind of trajectory or momentum to advocate for youth work at a European level. Mm. Jan, would you like to yes, add something? No, no I, I agree with the analyze of, of Howard. And so I think it's, it's um, and that's an invitation to all the participants on the MOOC to document very well and carefully their work they are doing in youth work mm. and not uh, neglect that or underestimate the value of it, eh? and especially the, to document the what what what, are, what you are doing um, uh, over over the years in your youth movement or youth organization or youth work mm -hmm. uh, activities uh, at a local level, and uh, also your responsibles uh, uh, at the regional and and national level to do the same. Uh, to document the work and to to invite uh, students, um, uh, master students or PhD students to to work on it uh, because it's part of um, the reality in your country. You can do that from um, different corners, and I think um, people uh, who are studying uh, history can can help us. Uh, uh, even now, with the seven volumes, uh, we have a, a kind of a diamond, a, a massive, um, a huge, uh, massive volume um, of, of, uh, of knowledge. 
and it, it will be also good that uh, we find some uh, PhD students to, to work on it mm-hmm. uh, because the work is not done. It's, it's, um, it's, it's just starting and it's what Howard say also. It's, um, um, that was not the case uh, 20 years before. Eh? So um, we need um, to continue doing those efforts and everyone can uh, contribute to that. I'm, I'm quite sure. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's important. We ask participants as well to actually provide their own stories as well. Um, it's it's about stories and it's about his stories. Eh? Yeah. So uh, it's the two. Eh? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we ask participants to do. So we may end up also... <laughs> with uh, providing more contribution as well to the project, although the project is finished. Maybe it's finished in the sense that there are books published, but it's not finished in the in the sense that history continues and there's a lot of still fields to be to be researched. Another thing is, I think, on more kind of practical level and the relevance of what was already done and what's already researched, uh, relevance to the, let's say, to people who are youth workers, who are youth work practitioners, um, professionals now. We live in the times where we talk a lot now about history being rewritten because it has to serve some kind of political agenda. We talk more and more about that history can teach us nothing because we keep on repeating the same mistakes all the time. So what does the history of youth work can teach us? Well, I, I mean, I, I, you said earlier about the, uh, the the trilemmas, the twelve trilemmas, and uh, you know, I I wrote that really because I think it is a summary. It's an attempt to summarise the issues that have come out of the history project. People may mm-hmm. not be terribly interested that you know, youth work in Greece came out of social work. That's just a you know top of my head sort of illustration. They may not be terribly interested, but it. It is important for contemporary youth workers to work out where they sit within many of these triangles, or you could call them pyramids. Mm-hmm. Youth workers, and I, the first triangle I ever wrote was probably 30 years ago when I talked about the demands of public policy, the principles of youth work, and the voice of young people. Mm-hmm. And we talk very blandly about youth workers about responding to the voice of young people. Well, yes, it significantly is, but not exclusively. Youth work is about certain kinds of principles of participation and empowerment and inclusivity. Yes, it is, but not exclusively. Youth work is about, you know, responding to what governments want youth workers to do with young people. Uh, If we ignore that, we ignore that at our peril. And I, I said if we get sucked into any of those three corners, then we are paralyzed from being good youth workers. We've got to navigate. We've got to negotiate. And the 12 trilemmas give us uh, some sense of how we navigate and negotiate. You know, do we do stuff in buildings? We know in COVID-19 now you know, that you don't have to do youth work in buildings. You don't necessarily have to have physical space. You could have virtual space. But youth work would be lost if it was exclusively virtual any more than it would be lost if it was exclusively physical. It needs to be out there on in, in young people's own space on the street. So history has given us this huge knowledge base, as Jan put it earlier, 
which has enabled us to produce the triangles. I think it would have been difficult to produce those triangles abstractly. We probably could have done, but it wouldn't have had the same credibility. And I think it's almost now the launch pad, the trampoline, the starting point for current youth workers across Europe to think about, well, where do they sit within each of those triangles? And they will sit in different places for different reasons, but they've got to have a a good reason for wherever they choose to sit. Okay, thank you, Howard. Uh, Jan, anything to add? What can history teach? I, I agree. Eh? It, it, the, the 12 uh, triangles uh, Howard uh, discovered um, in, in, in the seven volumes, it um, helped us uh, for, for our navigation. Eh? It's a kind of uh, reference, especially, um, and that is an invitation for all youth workers at all uh, levels, in my understanding, uh, volunteers or paid youth workers um, to reflect uh, on the work we are doing uh, today and the developments we see. And especially when we are exchanging um, our personal findings and uh, experiences, uh, it's good to confront them and to compare them not only with each other, but also with our references uh, that are, and that is new, those are kind of common references in Europe, in whole Europe and the 50 countries that are covered by the Cultural Convention. And um, still we know it's not covering all the countries eh? because we, are, we have still missing uh, pieces. It's um, good that every country is, is looking and document very well um, the origins of their youth work and, and the roots of their youth work in their country and to confront them also with those uh, 12 uh, trilemmas. Uh, that is helpful also to upgrade the quality of our work and it triggers also our personal um, learning process uh, to become a better youth, work also, youth worker also, I think. Thank you. These elements that you mentioned, which is the, the reflection on what we are doing, how we are doing youth work, and uh, also um, maybe even seeing where it comes from and, uh, and improving it. This kind of reflection is, um, is important. And, and therefore, the history of youth work can be very, very helpful uh, in that. Um, I think that's it, what I, what I wanted to ask you. I don't know if there is anything else you would like to add. Um, from your side, that you think it would be important to... Well, mine's to, to a very st- small point, Darius, and, yeah. and, and it, it really is that... I mean, Philip and I once wrote an article uh, which I think was called something like Youth Worker, probably the most difficult job in the world. And Yeah, I saw it, yes. and, and part of that is to make people fall about laughing because people think youth work is about sort of knocking a pool ball around or, you know, sort of sitting in circles and having sort of cosy and cuddly debates. Um, youth work is for, when it's done properly it's phenomenally complicated you cannot just rock up and work with a group of young people you've got to be ready for all kinds of unexpected eventualities you, you know the reflective practitioner which i know is a book by donald Schoen, but you know everyone talks about youth workers being reflective practitioners you've constantly got to have a range of options at your fingertips you've got to be ready for the unexpected you've got to be able to engage in lots of different ways uh, sometimes quite proactively sometimes quite reactively so youth work 
and it doesn't really have any walls and boundaries like social work or education might have. So it leaves the youth worker very exposed to mistakes or to rather bland practice. And so um, being a youth worker is, a, it, when it's done well, is an incredibly uh, complex form of practice. And that's why Philip and I wrote that article, because you're constantly navigating between these various different positions. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this. Thank you, Jan, and thank you, Howard, for your contribution to this podcast. And we are finishing, and uh, we invite you, of course, to, to read the, the articles, uh, different parts of the, of the volumes, of the seven volumes of the history of youth work that we provide you in, uh, in the MOOC. Uh, you will find the links uh, in this unit and other units as well. Thanks a lot.